Hi. Do you want to baffle your coworkers and loved ones with physical objects containing in-jokes from a podcast that you listen to that, I mean, you know people like it, but it's not a huge thing? Yeah. Go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash shirts where you can get to our merch store and not get not just shirts, uh, but also mugs and art prints and things like that with all kinds of art from the duckfeed.tv uh, family of properties. Once again, that is duckfeed.tv slash shirts. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a profane favorite. Yep. And this week we are reading your responses to uh, Irithel Dungeon and the Profaned Capital. Uh, thank you so much to uh, to, to James, uh, who was with us last week from the Canon Rinse podcast, um, and also from a new podcast project called Retrofit. Um, go check both of those out. Yes. Uh, a gentleman and a scholar. Yeah. Um, very, very nice guy. I liked having him on quite a bit. Um, yeah, we've been recording for a long time, so we're going to get right into it. Um, and just I, I'm ripping off the band bandaid of uh, how monstrous I'm going to feel for not liking the same thing that you guys like. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I, it I doesn't pop up as much as you think. Okay. It's uh, okay. don't 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 worry. There's the, there's there's one person that writes explicitly in defense of Siegbert. Okay, yeah. I, I look forward to reading it uh, respectfully. Um, Jeffrey says via contact. Uh, thanks for doing the PvP episode and giving voice to a lot of the concerns I and many in the larger community have had about the state of PvP in Dark Souls Three. I consider myself an outsider as well, with a casual interest in PvP at best, but when I do get around to invading, it's disheartening to get matched uh, with co-op parties 9 times out of 10. I feel like focusing on the invader's dilemma kind of obscures a related issue, however, and that's players who play the game uh, simply don't get invaded anymore. You'll get a token invasion in Farron and in Orlando, but the rest of the game is a desert. This is a bummer for players who want to enjoy the game alone, but still enjoy the tension that getting invaded brings to the Souls formula. It's gotten to the point where I can leave my game for five minutes to go use the restroom or grab a snack without worrying about anybody finding me away from keyboard. <laughs> it feels like ever since Dark Souls 2, and especially in Bloodborne, from his main invasion sort of an opt-in experience just like dueling. You can summon phantoms or use the dried finger to increase your odds of invasion, but the risk of ever getting invaded when you're unprepared for it have gone out the window. Any thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a change for the worse. Um, just yeah. for the way that I engage it. Like I you know, I never got terribly cross about being invaded. I know a lot of people did um, in Dark Souls 1. They thought, okay, why are you adding insult to injury, um, you know, by giving people the ability to gank. And maybe, you know, Soul Level 1 stuff in the Undead Berg is a little bit too far, but there was always that sense, you know, that something terrible could happen. Um, something, you know, just some something intelligent and evil could, you know, cross the veil and make your life more difficult in a, in a way that did lend tension to the proceedings. This... It was only ever a thing in Dark Souls 1, really. You know, I never mm -hmm. played, you know, when, by the time we did Demon Souls, that community wasn't very active anymore. <clears throat> um, and um, Dark Souls 2, they, they they had already swung the PvP over to um, those factions being uh, like arena based, you know. Um, invasions it just never really happened that much for me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, especially in Dark Souls Two, where it can happen all the time. Like it doesn't really matter. You know, there's no like you you're you don't you're not human, right? There's no hollow form that um, keeps people away. You know. Mm -hmm. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. The um. 
I agree. Even though I initially did not like being invaded, but I grew to like it. Yeah. Um, so it does happen very rarely. When it does happen, I'm pretty into it. Yeah. Um, but it, we talked about that a little bit just in that idea of uh, it being part of the world. It's supposed to be part of the single player experience, mm-hmm. you know, that hostility. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. Like, yeah. I, I wish that it came up more often. Um, and as somebody who is just, I don't, I'm never going to do like a fight club. Like, that's just not interesting to me. Um, I'd much rather run away from a guy or use a seat of giants and then try to hunt him down. Things yeah. like that, like are more fun and more kind of uh, spontaneous. Yeah. Cool I agree. Yeah. So that was something we didn't really bring up in the way that PVP had changed, but like from, from kind of the, uh, the normie perspective as somebody who's kind of doing PVE, I like getting those accidental little flakes, um, of PVP in my experience. You know, it is, it is the curly fry that comes in the onion ring, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah um so yeah moving on to responses about these uh about these areas uh stefan writes a let's player running through the dungeon uh Irithal dungeon was my first experience with dark souls uh, and that's what got me into the series so i knew the dungeon area from watching that guy playing it right i dislike horror movies because i can't handle jump scares that well that being said the two or three scream Ulons holding those random items uh, got to me, got me to clutch onto my controller in terror every time. Um, and my uh, backseat playing wife, too. Um, yeah, she got spooked, too. Um, Dark Souls 3 um, had me think about the sound design specifically. How many watermelons had to be squished? <laughs> <laughs> have you not considered their sacrifice uh, they didn't say that um am i the only one hearing the dying whistle when a pus of men is slain hmm. yes uh foley is awesome foley mm-hmm. is really interesting God. like these you know these guys that just go and find things in the produce aisle to make sounds <laughs> yep um snapping yeah. carrots just snapping all the carrots in the world yeah um yeah no the sound design is is great you know i'm i'm i, I am fortunate enough to be able to play this in you know five one i've got the subwoofer right behind my um my my recliner like it's uh mm-hmm. you, you, you pick it up like even the ambient sound is uh is, is is great like that's one of the few things that i can you know find very little fault with one of the things i like about the screamulon specifically is that uh, dark souls on revisit and uh, the first time I'm always listening very intently on uh, subsequent playthroughs, it became a really good podcast game for me. Yeah, It's weirdly, you know, um, something that is for as difficult as it can be, I actually find works really well with that flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Screamulons will, if I forget which one is a Screamulon, uh, will still shock me because it is louder than whatever I'm listening to. It cuts to. through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that that's been a great thing for Soapstone messages. Because uh, it's, it's such a, like, it's just a perfect, like, composure required ahead is a really perfect response to that. <laughs> I really like that. Oh man, I found uh, I found a great Sipso message um in the uh in the profane capital. There's like a, a little overhang where there's there's just a rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it is it's just like a, a body carrying some rubbish and then there was a message that just said you ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Soapstones are awesome. I w- I wonder if there's a blog that just compiles really great soapstone messages. I don't know. Um, if not, there should be, because those are fantastic. <laughs> um, Connor says, by contact, the glorious return to Latria, I'm me near Arithel Dungeon. I'm struck by how powerful of a dichotomy I've experienced between my first playthrough and my second. Your comments on the series uh, steadily shift uh, from fathomless lore and painstaking world design to a ruthless hate fuck <laughs> of make it harder challenge uh, gauntlets really sticks with me as I play uh, Dark Souls 3. I was laughing during, this is editorializing, I was laughing during that because it sounded like he was saying we were doing a ruthless hate fuck mm-hmm. of Dark Souls 3, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's <laughs> pump <laughs> like, the brakes on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd call that a ruthless hate <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah, he's talking about the difficulty spike in, in the game. Um, 
What at first was an overwhelmingly positive experience has left me a uh, little to lure me back, except for here. The fusion of sickly green light, nightmarish enemies, and a strong sense of cohesion with the surrounding areas makes this my favorite area of the game. Plus the fact that it's a Latria Redux earns those rarely warranted nostalgia points. It sets my mind off concocting stories for the things I find here uh, the way few other areas in this game do, regardless of a general absence of lore to support them. While it doesn't so much uh, do that to unify the goings-on of the world around it, the dungeons are a gleefully macabre microcosm of provocative imagery that I delight in immersing myself in. Uh, finally, the enemies. I falter when trying to describe the ones that are unique to this place. Anthropomorphic mole rat men? Are those vestigial wings? And those flabby, grabby hand freaks in the capital? Um, I'd like it more if they felt like they had any conceivable reason for being there, but whatever. They spook me all uh, They spook me all the way out, and I love it. Yep, Haunted House. Yeah, yeah. Haunted House. It also, um, something that uh, the straw man I constructed in my head uh, from a lifetime of uh, internet-ing, <laughs> the person who's mad at me for liking Aerithil Dungeon despite not liking callbacks in general, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, the uh, hypocrisy patrol. Um, the reason why it feels okay to recall Latria to me is it doesn't get recalled very often. Right. You know, it was like a unique thing in the first Aside game. Aside from the, the entirety of Bloodborne. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's that's kind of a stretch. I, like the, no, um, just be it. Again, yeah. the, the straw man that we are, that we are constantly shadow yes. boxing. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a little bit in the research hall uh, that's, that's pretty Latria, like in Bloodborne. Yeah. But it has been, it hasn't been, that well has not been drawn back to. Yeah. very often you know mm-hmm. so and that area is and it, and i wanted it to be you know mm-hmm. because it's so cool so that yeah. is something where like i am okay with them reuse you know revisiting that because it's yeah. great it's also a mechanical quote i think the stuff that we bristle against are the uh the lore quotes totally yeah. like architectural and mechanical quotes i'm way into yeah for the um, most part man i feel so i feel like such a dummy because my favorite one of my favorite things about earth dungeon i didn't even say in the episode because we got so swept up in the conversation uh getting into it but uh, the color gary the color oh yeah um that's that's sickly green pallor that's uh that's kind of cast across it i think that that is you know something that i really enjoy when the souls games when they when they kind of are emboldened to do something that is not just gray when they can just pick a color and go with it as kind of the theme for the area mm-hmm. um like that sticks out and it's one of the few areas in this game that that does that so strikingly um yeah. you know as, as as it does here i think it's uh that that, that works very it's, well, well and it's right on the heel it can be directly on the heels of Irithil, yep. which is equally like beautiful and striking mm-hmm. in color palette like that's i mean that's one thing that you know this middle kind of section of of this game really does really mm-hmm. well. And then even when we go back to Lothric, um, you know, after this kind of post-apocalypse thing we're going to deal with, this post-sky <laughs> sky hole, um, it's even got kind of a pretty cool kind of apocalyptic orange yeah, yeah. color to it that's really neat. Um, I, I didn't mention the thing. I mean, I mentioned it offhand, but how much I love the fact that there are masks watching you from chairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. In uh, this, like, it reminds me of, like, I didn't like a machine for pigs very much, but that was my favorite thing about that, was <laughs> just finding those masks, like, looking at me. yeah um yeah really i mean really pretty cool area yeah set like the, the the set dressing was on point yeah absolutely yeah in a way that used the cluttered really good effect i think so yeah oh. um let's hear nathan writes irithal dungeon the place of nightmares the first area in a souls game that has really unsettled me um and i wouldn't trade it i would not trade that experience for anything my first time running through this area i completely missed the shortcut that uh the uh, all the way back to the first bonfire so you can imagine when i saw a terrifying jailer ritual uh, uh summoning ritual happening in, in the end i noped the fuck out of that situation and bolted past all of those bastards never looking back and i missed out on all of those goodies 
Irithal Dungeon does a lot of wonderful environmental storytelling, and boy, does it deliver in every way possible. The enemies are assholes, the layout is confusing, and the screams made me jump even on a second playthrough. I cannot get enough of this godforsaken shithole. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just covers a lot of stuff we said, like all of that. <laughs> just thumbs up, yeah. thumbs way up. Yeah, I didn't even think of the jailers as doing a ritual, but it does kind of look like that. Yeah, but they're doing a ritual around just like a strut that supports the walkway. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, just, like, they're just thankful for ceilings. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just praying for the fact that like when it rains down here, they don't actually get wet. <laughs> and you know what? That's pretty cool. When's the last time you thanked shelter? Um, <laughs> people are always happy about the food they eat. <laughs> yep. No one's ever just like roofs. Check them out. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm just I'm just picturing it a, a, a hymn like a hymnal version of "Gimme Shelter." Mm, yeah. <laughs> Give me shelter. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Elodie uh, says via contact. Uh, Aerithal Dungeon contains an item that might be uh, give the biggest clue as to what the profane flame is. The profane coal. The item description says that yes. it is a remnant. <laughs> um, the, the 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 real profane. Cole is not that polite. Yes. <laughs> or just, you know, like tits. <laughs> um, the, the item description says that it is a remnant of the profane flame, but it is used for infusions related to the abyss and to humanity. And Andre describes it as being tainted by the abyss. I think this suggests that the profane flame is similar to the dark pyromancies that consumed Carthus, a dangerous and unholy combination of light and dark, a flame of either light or chaos corrupted by the dark. Also, Carla, who you meet here, is most likely a fragment of Manus, according to the description of her ashes. It's likely that she's uh, Zuli uh, from Dark Souls 2, who fit the bill for a child of the abyss, attempting to waylay a warrior who is trying to cure a lord's illness, but ended up falling in love with him. This is a parallel to other fragments of uh, fragment stories in Dark Souls 2. Her ashes say that fragments of Manus drift in and out of her existence, and descriptions indicate that she doesn't have anyone to search for anymore. They also described her as spurned, Alva, uh, the wanderer, appears in this area named Seeker of the Spurned and is hinted to be searching for uh, Zuil, uh, Zuli, uh, who is lost. I interpret this as indicating that Zuli drifted out of existence and back in without her memories as Carla. Alva is searching for her unbeknownst to her, and when you kill his phantom, you can find his body near her cell. They just missed each other, and he died just before finding his lost love. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I referenced Elodie's uh, connecting the dots um, in the episode, actually, because um, I, I I would not have remembered Zilli. Like, I remember Alva um, because, you know, it, Alva pops up in the, you know, St. Serata sickness. That's a very ev- evocative phrase. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I I buy this. Yeah, I, I don't know that uh, Carla is Zuli. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that feels like a stretch to me. Um, I think that the Alva connection, I think that he's doing, you know, he's kind of fulfilling the same role. Mm-hmm. that he filled before. Um, I, I don't know that this is actually Zuli. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Dark Souls 2, I just kind of took that as like a real evocative little short story and an item description. Yeah, yeah. You know, as opposed to having more significance. Like the idea that uh, the fact that Zuli seduced him is the act of a daughter of Manus. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure if I, I would go along with that. Um, I do think that the fact that Alvis is here for, Alva is here for her. Um, and even if it's just him down to him being confused or like, this is what he does, you yeah. know, like this is, this is him. That seems really, really viable to me. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't have, I mean, it wouldn't have hurt anything just to make it Zuli instead of Carla, <laughs> you know, like that, I guess that's, I mean, I don't know. That wouldn't have been too obvious for me. Right. I did, also didn't remember Zuli. Yeah. Um, it's just a name, you know, so <laughs> then we have to kind of add in this like amnesia kind of 
plot. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, it... she also does, she also doesn't like say like, oh, I was this or that before. It's just the name that changed. She doesn't yeah. allude to that. I feel like there's, you know, there, there's somebody who should be important to me or something like that. Like it's, it's not, it's not hung there again. It yeah. is, it is a void that we can project upon. And that yeah. is, that is a cool tragic love story. If by her nature, she is oh, like totally. fading in and out. And all of a sudden there's this, there's this guy who is like traveling across time to get her, you know? Yeah. That, that, that's great. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on that as a, as a story. Yeah. You know, I just, Again, that that would be that would benefit from a scholar style like just item <laughs> description remix. Then, yeah, it's like you know, hey, if that's what you wanted to do, if, like that that all of a sudden makes Carla really really cool. Yeah, <laughs> at the very least, like you know, more than just the the kind of nothing she is now. Yeah, you know, and it could be even something like you know, once went by another name in a distant land. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's it's you know, not, in a different time in a different place. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not not difficult to make that. You know, to add that one like yep. little extra star that makes the constellation. Yep. She, you know, you know she, she, she gave up her name along with one she held dear, you know, Ex- totally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Elodie is also, uh, uh, um, doing like fan art and stuff. She did a really good, uh, a good drawing of, um, oh gosh, Carla, uh, Carla mm-hmm. is her, uh, is her favorite NPC and did a drawing of me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. on the Facebook. Yeah. She is active on her Facebook, yeah. uh, which you should join facebook.com forward slash bonfire side chat. Mm-hmm um let's see here that was you and this is me um gordon says uh this was my absolute favorite area of dark souls 3 since it completely recaptured the feeling that i got while playing dark souls 1 for the first time the feeling of unending and absolute cruelty while you're ground down into a shape and form that can endure the torment it goes beyond the obvious mechanical effects of being pressed into the ground with a burning brand uh while you have tens of thousands of souls on the line and it takes the time to grind your very soul down with screaming corpses and genuinely upsetting passive enemies um you push your way past blatantly unfair encounters one after the other all the while keeping an eye out for your hp dropping like a stone all of this builds to a recreation of the very end uh, <laughs> sorry uh, of the end of the corridor scene in old boy uh, when the figurative elevator doors open to reveal a room packed full of jailers um, and all you can do is stand there wearily smiling mirthlessly and get to work mm-hmm. um this is just this is me editorializing sometimes with a hammer <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah, which you can you can do in this game. Mm-hmm. We didn't uh, just uh, for completionism's sake before somebody corrects us. Um, you know the the brand thing is very reminiscent of Berserk. Oh yeah, and guts like them cursing you with this brand, and even the symbol is kind of similar. Oh yeah, I, mean, I call it the hunter sign, but yeah, it's a it's like a peace symbol kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and th- that was I mean the hunter sign even had a little bit of visual similarity to yep. the Berserk brand, like not exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, don't at me, but it, they're similar. <laughs> um, the yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, well said. I don't, I don't know. I have very much to add to that. No, is, no. Uh, um, I I don't know that it's a. Uh, I don't know. Like it's so hard. This is this is one of those things where like the the the, the atmosphere takes primacy over the yeah. mechanic. Like, and, you know, I I remember having trouble. I remember you warning me about these jailers and just kind of like, oh, this is this is where the DS3 version of Frenzy comes into play. Like I remember all of that. Nothing nothing sticks out. I think that I, I think that what Gordon is saying holds true. It is. You know, difficult in a different and an unexpected way. I don't know that this is, you know, grinding you down, you know, back to dust so they can build you back up again. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. just, I didn't read it as that difficult. And that is not me being like, oh, it was it was hard for you, <laughs> but just more like, um, you know. I'm I'm trying to be conscious of the fact that we sometimes use uh, the emphasis on difficulty as a as kind of like a bad thing. I just want to make sure we're not caught up in an, in, in an inconsistency there. Oh sure. So, because the hypocrisy patrol will get us. Right. 
the um I, I mean I, I do think the emphasis on difficulty is generally a bad thing, but mm-hmm. here this does not feel especially I mean we're heading to Lothar Castle relatively soon, which mm-hmm. has much more difficult encounters um that I do think are kind of too much. And then uh, Arch Dragon Peak as well. Um, <laughs> hey, Gary, I was just thinking, we don't have to do Chalice episodes this season. That's pretty cool. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we do have to do like a six episode uh, series on the Nameless King. Because I think that he might be Gwen's firstborn. Wait a minute, what? Um, That's yeah, crazy. Okay. The, um, but the, uh, yeah, so we do have to do that. I'm, I beat the Nameless King. Uh, <laughs> and I will beat him again, but I'm bringing help. And I'm not gonna. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it with uh with I'm not gonna put myself which would be like the mechanical uh chalice dungeon. Yeah. And a part of it, like the kind of hard part. But not just endless streams. Like, man, just for the amount of work we put in to uh to the amount of episode we got out of it, mm-hmm. the chalice dungeons were a pretty poor investment. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like there was a lot of hours of play mm-hmm. for to, you know to kind of confirm something that we knew in the first fifth of it. Like I'm, totally. I'm, I'm not just kicking the kicking the series while it's down like that. That isn't there. But you talking about like what is what is ahead of us? I just I had a flash of last year. Like we had to plan special episodes around when we would be doing the Chalice Dungeons yeah, because so we, we needed a month to take care of it. Yeah, because it was so so tedious. And there's a you know as much as I have been down on a lot of Dark Souls three things, I don't think there's anything in Dark Souls three that's as bad as the Chalice Dungeons. No, um, you know at their worst, like there's nothing that's as bad as Defiled Chalice Dungeon right. in this game. So. Um, Good on he's you. Got that yeah, he's got that going. <laughs> going for it. Um, uh, Boaz or Boaz? I'm, I'm. I apologize if I've been mispronouncing your name. Next time you write uh, in, please clarify because I feel like a dummy when we do it wrong. Yeah, I do. I do not mean to. Uh, it's not an insult. Um, he says uh, he or she says via contact or they. Um, Aerithel Dungeon is a great example of how to iterate on a concept. It uses uh, it uses a lot of the basic design elements of Latria, but plays with the way they work. The switch from mind flayers that could stun you to jailers that could drain your health makes sense with the more aggressive playstyle that Dark Souls 3 favors, and the way they lightened up on keys means you're not constantly running up and down levels. It stands in contrast to levels like Smoldering Lake slash Demon Ruins, which cite other areas from earlier games without actually learning anything from the design or mechanics from those areas. So, the profaned flame. I'm on record as a Chaos Fire fanboy, and I was almost certain that it had to be Chaos until I found the Demon Ruins. (laughs) Now, you guys mentioned that this game uh, feels like different people had different visions for the game as a whole. Here's a conspiracy theory. And if we can cue up the conspiracy theory music from Teenage Dirtbags. Birthers. Truthers. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Moon landing? I don't think so. What really happened at the Grass Knoll? The Bilderberg Group. The Build-A-Bear Group. Illuminati. Lou Malnati's House of Pies. Secret, secret, secret. Ah, the Profane Flame was supposed to be Chaos under a new name uh, since everyone had forgotten what it was a la Dark Souls 2, but that concept got lost in the development process. Then whoever took over and looked at the game said, we forgot to put Chaos in and made the demon ruins out of spare asa- assets from Karthus and Dark Souls 1. <laughs> I'll buy it. it's like oh boy this uh this this dog is sick i need to make sure i feed it its medicine hmm i wonder if my roommate fed this dog the medicine i guess we might as well give it to it Mm, my son he's pretty forgetful i don't know if we should give him the dog's dead we fed him too much medicine fuck yes exactly (laughs) yeah it's like feeding fish (laughs) yeah you know it's it's just a nightmare of you know preciseness (laughs) um 
Yeah, I mean, I would I would buy that. Like, this would make sense as an evolution for the actual Chaos Flame. Oh yeah, like to, you know? like like to see that adapting and trying to you know trying to survive because it is a living thing. You know, yeah, like it, it adapted is... in in uh, Ilium Lois. <laughs> yep. Like as a thing, like that had an had an effect and kind of moved past that. Like that would have been very cool mm-hmm. and significantly cooler than, than the demon ruins that we got. <laughs> they don't even need to honor what they did in the first time. They just need to like remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> remember uh, the face of your father, Miyazaki. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's um, fine. Yeah. I'm into it, man. The more you I I can start calling people Sai, I can say thank you. You know, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, you man. can say thank you. I it was hard to tell whether Sai was a person or whether it was like just kind of a vocal tick. Oh, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's the way they say, sir. It means like, thank dude. you, Sai. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, see the most recent episode of Try This, um, where yes. we talk about uh, The Filth uh, by Grant Morrison and uh, the uh, the first of the Gunslinger um, Dark Tower graphic novels. Indeed. Yeah. Um, Adam writes in um, saying, I really, really despise Irithel Dungeon, and I quite enjoy the, prof- the Profane Capital, even if it is quite short. The Earthel Dungeon was one of the areas that made me remember why I sometimes stop playing Souls games. The numerous dead ends and ambushes and the annoying ass jailers that will lower your that, that will lower your health to a tenth and then brand your ass into the ground. What's worse is that uh, if you want certain pyromancies and dark miracles, you have to come back and run through a small bit of it just to unlock a door and get an NPC. The Profane Capital, on the other hand, uh, really grabs me, not only because of the interesting connection between Siegvert and Yorm, uh, but also with Sullivan and uh, the other mysteries that surround it. The Profane Capital reminds me of a much more dense, sunken city from DS2, uh, while Irithel Dungeon just seems like a shorter blight town. Hmm. I, I would be I would be curious um, what about Irith, or, uh, Profane Capital reminds you of the sunken city, aside from the aesthetics. Like I can see that like this underground city that is in disrepair and kind of like columns. Yeah. Like, 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 like like tilted off. Like if there's something that I'm just not seeing, because I will admit like as much as I love the DLC um, from dark souls Two, that's some of the content in the series that I've played the least. Like I did it Mm. twice. Um, Yeah. It's, I mean, some of it's just visually because you're looking off in the distance with kind of crooked towers. Yeah. You know, there's just, there's just one, but I can, I can see it gameplay wise. It doesn't seem that similar right there's not me. the I, I, I think about the, the sunken city i think about like moving like moving platforms and shit yes like it's very puzzle based um and it is it's not it's like this i feel like it's the same level of density it's just that you know shulva is five times as big mm-hmm. you know as as uh the uh the, the profane capital mm-hmm. so i don't hold the, the profane capital's brevity against it you know, for all the things that kind of bother me about it, like that's not a that's not a problem that I have. Um, I, I don't I don't ludically hold it against it, but it does. It has an element of suspension of disbelief where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, part of the joy of going through these games is going through cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, like you go through Elysial and it's like, um, oh, this is like this is a city. Yeah, this is a place where people lived. Like that really brings home the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm always going to be if I see where somebody sleeps in a Souls game, like I'm. Tickled. <laughs> you know that yeah. and it, at no point does it feel like a city or feel like a culture other yeah. than the fact that they really valued gems yeah <laughs> you know and that, and that's where that extra space could have been used so it's not it, implicitly it's shortness that bothers me you know from a, from a stage design standpoint it's just yeah from a environmental storytelling standpoint i think it doesn't feel like a place it has no sense mm-hmm. of place yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which is really really important like feeling like a place <laughs> that people would be is huge yeah you know where things happen outside of you yeah we see uh we, we see a tower that has been stripped of anything inside of it that would have been um and, you know that would have indicated 
um, inhabitants. Um, and we see what amounts to two temples. Yeah, swamp church and regular church. <laughs> you know, wealth church and swamp church. You know, and that's that's really that's really all we get. Yeah. You know, and like uh, if it's going to be the only representation, like just think about um, moving through Irithyll, where there are dozens and dozens and dozens of buildings. You don't get to go in them. Right. But like that's presumably when this was at its height of its culture, where people lived and worked and stuff. Yeah, it's a facade. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's that's really important. You know that uh, that makes a, an area feel real. And then think about how they played with that in Anne Orlando originally and stuff like that. Like that's a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't issue it, you know? Right. Um, friend says via contact. It's strange to hear you compare the profane capital of Lost Isleth and calling it an unfinished mess. To me, it felt much more like the Crystal Caves, a short but beautiful and atmospheric run-up to a big and intimidating, but ultimately not that difficult, puzzle boss. It even had an almost identical uh, big guy on narrow bridge fight. It wasn't the best area in the game in terms of gameplay, but the enemy placement made for some interesting encounters. As for the boss, I love that fight, in part uh, thanks to Sigward. For most of the game, I was with you guys, hating the fact that they made another bumbling idiot Onion Knight. This encounter refrained, uh, reframed that entire experience. Sigmire is extremely powerful and capable. Uh, or Sig- oh, Tell him. Um, they write Sigmire. <laughs> I thought I fixed Sigward. that. Fuck. That's okay. Yeah, uh, Sigward it. is yeah. ex- uh, extremely powerful and capable. He was just procrastinating this fight. It's also my favorite place to Sunbro. In a series that's very short on player empowerment, there's nothing like taking turns slamming down that giant. After that long story, I'll try to keep my comment on the dungeon part short. Feel free to cut any of this if it goes too long. We always feel free. Um, <laughs> the dungeon might have been a cheap callback to the Tower of Latria, but that's fine by me. There's something hardwired in my brain that makes me love anything like that. The New Wardens are an interesting mix of Mind Flayer and Winter Lantern, making them terrifying but also easily beatable. Beatable. Um, even when I know I can defeat them flawlessly, I still dread every encounter with them. This means somebody from Ephraim did their job very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have heard the argument that like Sigward is not incompetent. He's just procrastinating. Yeah. Um, that to me stretches credibility, like falling down a will, a well to <laughs> yeah. procrastinate is a real stretch that feels yeah. willfully obtuse to me. Yeah. I mean, just now, boy, I shot myself on the foot. I guess I have to go home from Vietnam. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all cutting off your finger to get out of the, the draft where he can just not go. Yeah. You know, like it would be, you know, if he just really didn't want to do it and the fact that it can so likely just end with him just not making it. Yeah. You know, like it's just the things he does to get caught don't feel like somebody dawdling. Yeah. Like the way to express that idea would have been to have him, and this would have been, you know, again, kind of like subversive and neat, and him to just be like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe he like gives you more background. He's like, hey, maybe this will take care of itself. And you get an option. You're like, no, it won't. <laughs> you know, like you actually encourage him rather than literally free him from death. Yeah. You know, um, that would have felt like he was putting it off. Yeah. I mean, like that would make it a little bit like Arena. Right or not, not, not uh, Igon, I believe. Oh, sure. Yeah, who, who just basically pawns Irina off of you or on, mm-hmm. on, onto you rather, um, because you know it's like, well, man, fuck. If you want to take care of this, go ahead and do it. Um, yeah. You know, like if more NPCs were trying to trick you into doing their work for them, sure. Like well, that, I mean, I mean that that would fit in with the Lords of Cinder too, because none of them want to go do their fucking job. Yeah, you have to go yeah. and <laughs> take their ashes. Um. The uh. uh lady who uh tells you about the wedding with Henri is kind of tricking you you know uh, Uria, yeah Uria. so there's a little bit of a man it's so confusing <laughs> that she's Uria, and then carla is our Uria. yep substitute in this like there, there's literally infinite names in a fantasy world you can just put any letters in, and yeah you know, together and you can make yeah. a name um yeah use five y's and you're done yeah exactly i, I mean because it's not i don't think that she's meant to be like a reference to Uria. nope you know because we have a reference to Uria. that is very frustrating and confusing but the um <laughs> 
Yeah, like you could have made it more like you're being kind of tricked or he's trying the same way like a person acts when they're trying to get you to talk them out of something. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I just like that would have been a meaningful expression of that idea. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's not a badass. You have the storm ruler. Like everyone <laughs> is a badass. Like you even I'm not it sounds like I'm really calling you out, friends. I, I swear I'm not. But like it's not that he's super competent. It's anybody with a storm ruler can do that. So even the fact that you go in there and you co-op it and everything shows that it's not about Sigurd being competent. He just has the right tool for the right job. Yeah. You know, it's really easy with two people, no matter who those two people yeah. are. It doesn't have to be Sigurd. Yeah. He's you book know? he's bookended by fights that he's likely to win. Yes. You know, and then and every, the, everything in between is this is this soggy middle of like checkpoints that you have to go through that make him look really, really bad. The first one, too, even like that first fight, it does seem to express some competence. Yeah. But I don't think the last one does. Yeah. Well, the, like the, the the first fight sets up the expectation that he's going to subvert it. But no, he yeah. just falls back into it and doesn't carry any of the interesting things forward to it. Which which is in itself an absurd subversion. But like when you subvert the subverted, like that's that ends up being, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Because what you end up with is just whatever the thing is. Yeah. You um, you reverse place. the reverse. Yeah. In no terms. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you uh, completely, though, about the um, the dungeon. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that is uh, I'm pretty into that. Um you know, I also like the fact that the the jailers always have a sense of ten tension. Mm -hmm. um, I like them as an enemy. I'm a little bit mixed on the Estes tax portion, but I like them a lot more than I like Winter Lanterns. Yeah. And uh, just yeah. because they won't end a run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not like just a loading screen whenever they show up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always forget that uh, that Seath is a puzzle boss. He I of, mean, he is, sorts. but the puzzles. Yeah. I mean, just the puzzle just it's just a step. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just a fight. Yeah. You know, the other thing, too, when you're saying how it's compared to the Crystal Caves, like, I guess we actually kind of answered this when we were talking about Adam's response, but it's not a fact that it's not that's short. That's the problem right. with it as feeling unfinished. It's the fact that, like, one, you know, the profane, like, it is literally unfinished in the storytelling. Like, the profane mm -hmm. flame stuff is contradictory and confusing, but it doesn't have a sense of place because it is not, there's not enough there yeah. for this to be a culture. In, in contrast, the Crystal Cave um, is otherworldly enough and distinct enough. Um, on its own mm -hmm. um, and also like as as a sub dungeon inside the duke's archive you know we've been seeing kind of the fringes of this crystal corruption that is happening and then we actually get to the very heart of it by going and it's in a there. cave well yeah it's it's not it's not like the you know it's not like the new capital of crystalonia <laughs> you know it, it, it's like oh my it's just god i want to go to the capital of crystalonia yeah, this game capital. that you have like you know laid the laid the heaven into existence i want to play it <laughs> i go to the capital of crystalonia <laughs> oh with the fair facet maidens yeah oh yeah i'm, I'm into that it'd be like adventure time souls <laughs> the crystal princess yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I had a girlfriend in high school named Crystal. My ex-wife is named Crystal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, high five, buddy. Uh, <laughs> um. Joe says via contact, and here is Gary, your 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 dreaded, your dreaded oh, moment. Sure. Um this is a preemptive Sigvard supporter message, hopefully one of many. I feel like you dislike old Siegs because of how trivial he makes the Yorm battle. Um, is it even possible to lose with him by your side? Um, I would just like to point out that Yorm himself tasked uh, our Siegbrow-chugging, Estes-soup-slurping friend with taking him out if anything were to happen. No shit, I hear you say. But think about it. How much of a dick would Yorm be if he asked a friend to, to fight him who couldn't easily beat him? 
Okay. Not to mention how badass it feels traversing that fog and having our new onion bros step out beside us. Umbasa. Mm-hmm. Um, working backward through that, um, the moment when you step through and it pans to reveal that there is not a phantom, but somebody who you have been helping out all mm-hmm. on the way at your side. That's cool. Like pretty cool. Taking, taking in a vacuum, that particular scene and especially you, him making that declaration that's affecting and good. It is good. It's, um, I know, man, I'm trying to remember if I brought this up with the essay, um, not as unique in the series as it maybe seems given that Bior does kind of the same thing. Our mm-hmm. other sleepy boy from demon souls comes and fights <laughs> penetrator, not as a phantom. Um, but it is cool yeah, as effective and good. And he's a likable character. Right. So I think that's where it comes from. You know, the, the, the affection comes from the, I know that he, uh, Yorm gave him the job to do it. Like said, he would make the process. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's the thing. This is, this is the, uh, the labor that, uh, that, that, uh, Siegfried is enacting is charged know? with, yeah. you know, by Yorm. It's, it's an agreement they made. Like right. I, I get that part. It's, um, so that's, it, that's not the reason why I don't like it. Like, and I don't need to repeat them all from last episode, but like, that's not really, really my problem yeah. uh, or like my problem with it. Mm-hmm. Not like that's not really my problem. It's your problem. <laughs> well, that's how I mean it. That's not my, my issue with it. Um, it's just even that story of like, say, Hey, kill me if I go too far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, million dollar baby me. Um, <laughs> that oh, aspect God. <laughs> of the, uh, the story doesn't get enough time is like really a lot of people are likely to miss it. Um, I don't care enough about Yorm you know, as much as I care about uh, the million dollar baby. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's not that interesting of a story. Like that's, again, that's, you know, it's just if, be, be a good friend. If you, you if your was optional and the profane capital was optional, mm-hmm. so much of this would have gone away. That, yeah. A lot of it is that <laughs> expectation of a Lord of Cinder, which again, that's not my fault. That's the game <laughs> showing them, showing me Yoram get up out of his coffin in the cutscene in the beginning and me spending the whole game being like, man, when am I going to meet that guy? Mm-hmm. That's like the game working, you know, that I had these expectations for a significant fight that the game has honored in every other case, right? Right. Like as much as I, you know, like I, I love Aldrich. I love that boss fight. My two favorite boss fights in the game are Aldrich and the Twin Princes, mm-hmm. which are both Lords of Cinder, um, you know, who have the sense that I love them. Like they're great fights and they're great pathos wise and story wise. Like they're my favorite things about this game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, even the abyss watchers the like abyss fan, watchers like, are good too they're yeah. like we're here too like they're, they're a little bit like a b-level thing for me but i still we're, like them a lot yeah mechanically they're they're they're, 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 they're super great you yeah. know and it's different so, at the very least yes and then just to have like like this one attic stooge kind of in the <laughs> background here, you know like it is the one person who's just kind of like gary come on not a basement stop. stooge basement stooge, basement come stooge. On. thank you capital stooge <laughs> capital stooge um, we just have this one guy who's just like not cutting it and to the degree to which he cuts it is dependent on this incredibly fiddly npc quest line that's an npc that doesn't have anything profound to say anyway mm-hmm. you know it's it's held up by a lot of bailing wire and tape that is cursed and haunted <laughs> and was, was like only <laughs> created by orphans you bought it from the haunted home depot yeah <laughs> yeah uh, haunted house depot bed bath and beyond and beyond, beyond. the beyond yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is uh it's it's my my reasons are are manifest mm, but right. again i don't want to take you know the fact that you liked it i've read a lot of like really great including this one like good defenses yeah. of of Sigurd, and like i even if i could take that away from you i wouldn't take it away from you mm-hmm. it just really disappointed me like in a way that like it doesn't you know th- this isn't the series of games for us to live and let live with <laughs> like it is a, a significant portion of our jobs to care about these games you know right. 
it's not like just like a video like if you don't like it move on like you know i that's not what we do you know yeah, right i'm invested at this point this is more mm-hmm. than a video game to me so i was it, i was able to start recording this four hours ago because you know yeah because of that yeah yeah exactly yeah. so it is um you know i cannot live and let live when stuff like this happens right you know um yeah, thanks everybody for for your responses. If you mm-hmm. have things to say about the Consumed King's Garden and the Untended Graves, and I want to hear all of your theories mm-hmm. about that stuff, um, hit us up at duckview.tv forward slash contact. Yeah. Um, if you don't have anything to say about those, but you have th- something to say about Lothric Castle instead, uh, go ahead and do that as well. Yes. Um, however, this is a kind of a thing. Uh, we ask for them in the same breath. Uh, try not to put them together in the same message because the way that I file them, it's by area. And if you say like, hey, here's my thoughts about one than the other, it's probably going to get lost. Um, I'm asking you to uh, accommodate my laziness and inattentiveness, but uh, that is the best way to make sure stuff gets remembered. So write about one than the other or one or yeah. the other. Yeah, you can do it all in the same contact form. You just reload and, yep. and, 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 and uh, you know, no, no big problem there. Um, yeah, thank you guys very much. There will, uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeed TV. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can also rate and review the show on iTunes, we've gotten many reviews recently. They're very kind. Mm-hmm. Really do appreciate that. Um, and you can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bonfireside chat. Mm-hmm. If you want to see cool fan art and cool links and, uh, generally, uh, participate in the conversation. Yeah. And, uh, stick around. We're kind of in the last, uh, the last leg of the game, honestly, um, mm-hmm. in terms of like the narrative and in terms of kind of the, the, the momentum, um, as things go, like m- when we defeat the, uh, the, the sword dancer or whatever her name is like that kind of kicks off the, uh, the rush toward the end. So, yeah. um, it's kind of crazy how fast this has gone by. Um, but, uh, it's, but yeah, it's a short, short game area wise, mm-hmm. like does not have very many areas in it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, we do have a couple more specials coming up, um, one to two, yep. um, one of them is kind of in the balance, so it may not happen, but those, uh, those top 10 and, and top five specials will keep trickling out. Yep. So hopefully you've been enjoying those. Um, and again, you have, uh, the souls of darkness Kickstarter backers to thank for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those even features Cole Ross. I know, right? This guy, that, that was yeah. a really fun one too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. um yeah. Uh, <laughs> conf- confirming the fact that we really really dislike this series by uh by putting me on the uh bottom 10 bosses i yes. believe i believe i chose the bottom 10 bosses because i didn't want to um heap praise on stuff that we had already praised so many times before yeah yeah we don't we you know we tend to uh you know we'll talk about a boss when they're bad but they don't tend to come up again right so it was good to uh but yeah i, I think that, that episode has insight in it Mm-hmm. and is, is fun to listen to um, yeah. there will not be deleted scenes really here we did talk to james and kind of got to know each other and stuff but the content ended up being stuff we end up covering in the episode afterwards too so it'd just be kind of repeating ourselves yeah um yeah so um anything uh i think that's probably it right i believe so they were called xantha scholars but some foolishly imitate them by simply dressing in yellow umbasa umbasa We all pray that we will have far more soon. All right. I panicked and searched. I just did a control F for a quote mark, and that was the first one that I like scrolled to. Perfect. <laughs>